the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith in the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity, a radio show and podcast about real faith for the real world. I'm Richard Mendelo, and as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. Hello, everyone. I'm excited about today's show. I am very excited. We're starting a new series, friends, asking the question, are you coachable? We're going to have a series of coaches who will help us go through that over the next couple of weeks, and it will become clear exactly what we're asking. And very exciting coaches because they're Christian coaches. Very exciting coaches. It might become more clear if I tell you a little story. When I was a new stepfather, my six-year-old stepdaughter broke a glass bowl in the kitchen, and I heard this loud crash, and I came around the corner, and I saw her standing there, a little barefoot thing, couldn't have been uh, more than, I don't know, four feet and 90 pounds. Matter of fact, she couldn't ride roller coasters, oh. so she was below four she feet. She was tiny. And she's surrounded by broken glass, and... She lifted up her arms and just held them up in that way little kids do when they want you to pick them up. She didn't say a word. I came in. I had shoes on. I picked her up and set her on the kitchen counter. And then without her telling me anything about it, I got paper towels and wet them and started wiping the bottom of her feet to make sure there was no little glass bits and so forth. We probably ended up having ice cream or something. Very sweet. My point in that story is... As we find ourselves in all situations, some good, some not good, some of our own making, sometimes messes that are very scary, are we willing to raise our arms and ask Jesus to lift us up? Mm -hmm. Are we willing mm -hmm. to be vulnerable and to allow him to come in and make changes? And that's what this series is going to be about because as we have coaches on the shows, what you'll find out is some people may not like where they are, but they won't necessarily open themselves up to the vulnerability and the hard work of change. Very true. Very true. So we have a very special guest who's going to be with us for today's show to help kick off this series. And you may remember her from uh, last year in May, almost uh, to the week. Oh, wow. Uh, That's exciting. I, yeah, wow. I noticed that Wendy Geikema joins us again. And you may remember Wendy from the series on struggle. She's a certified executive and leadership coach who works with leaders in corporate and nonprofit settings, including coaching students from Rice and Vanderbilt universities. 
And Wendy believes everyone can be a leader as they choose to influence the world around them. And that's really what we're talking about today is self-leadership. Wendy, welcome back. I'm so excited to be back here with you, too. Thank you. Thank you very much. So excited you're here. Always a special day. Um, Unfortunately, you're not here with us, but thank goodness due to the wonderfulness of technology, you can call in from um, North Carolina. Yeah. Just like you're here. And I was doing my best NASCAR accent a little while ago (laughs) when we first... And uh, I said, be careful with that. Yeah. Yeah, I actually went to college down the road from uh, where Wendy is now. Duke. Duke. Duke University. You got the research triangle there, and there's a lot of strong feelings between the UNC Tar Heels and the Duke Blue Devils and then NC State. And I've forgotten what their uh, mascot is. I don't know, but I do know so even some of our family live in North Carolina. So That's right. Yeah. Well, friends, yeah. let us pray, and then we'll begin a hopefully uh, eye-opening, heart-opening conversation. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and for all the opportunity that we have to be the men and women you want us to be. What joy we have in Christ to be forgiven and lifted up if we are willing Lord, we pray today that you help us to lower our guards, to open our hearts and our ears, and to receive that which will enable us in all we do as your children, as husbands and wives, as parents, and as members of the community of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, friends, uh, coaching. Coaching, my favorite subject, well, not exactly my most favorite subject, my, uh, but a favorite subject. Absolutely. Wendy, please tell us your perspective on coaching, please. What is coaching to you? Yeah, well, that's a great place to start. So the International Coaching Federation, or, also, or the ICF, so that's the organization that professional coaches are credentialed by, and we work with their ethics. Um, they define it. Is just partnering with clients creatively and in a thought-provoking way to inspire them to maximize their personal and professional potential. Um, and so what I think of it, I think of everyone has a goal to reach. And, but we're also, we're not there yet. There's things that are in the way. And so when I partner with a coach, I can make progress toward my goals and overcome obstacles that I might not be able to as easily on my own. That makes great sense. Um, Seeking counsel outside yourself, outside of your own perspectives, helping people to identify where they want to go and how to get there. Yeah. um, You know, I think about the word partnering and a lot of people try to go it alone, so to speak. And there's another phrase I think about when I think about partnering and going it alone, kind of the opposite, which is no one does anything great alone. So that's kind of what I think about with with that partnering word. Yeah. uh, What jumps into my mind is uh, one of the verses that Wendy sent us, uh, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. So in our own thinking and in our own uh, 
understanding and in the echo chamber of our own voices, it's very easy to be trapped in our thinking. So that seems like an awesome way to help uh, open your perspectives and open your minds. Uh, Wendy? I've got one more scripture, and I think it sets the tone that Wendy shared with us. Proverbs eleven fourteen. I think that's it. Uh, yeah, eleven fourteen. For lack of guidance, a nation fails, but victory is won through many advisors. Uh, like the, the many advisors mm. helping you find that victory. Yeah, absolutely. So, Wendy, what brought you to coaching? Well, I was looking to figure out in my own life what was next. I had a successful career in marketing and sales um, with a large consumer packaged goods company. And I had also been raising my children and I mean, three boys and life was busy, but I could also see my kids were moving. I mean, they were rightfully leaving the household and moving on and I needed to figure out what I really wanted to do. Um, and I hired a coach. And then in doing that, I was like, oh, this is a thing. I could do this. <laughs> this is so a thing. I I just, I, it was great because I wanted to make an intentional difference in people's lives. And coaching enables you to just do just that. Because oh, whether yeah. you're working with an individual or you're working with teams, you're helping people make progress toward their goals and really having the kind of life that they want, whether that's more personal growth and fulfillment or professional or whatever it is you're 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 helping them and i as a as a believer i like to feel I, that i'm also helping them be come more of who god wants them to be mm. amen what um what is coaching not if if it's partnering if it's helping people answer the question of what's next then what is coaching not well that's a great question because it it's not counseling because counseling or therapy, which I'm a huge advocate of and I think can help so many people and, and certainly has helped me work through difficult things, but it's not that. That is helping people resolve issues in the past so that they can operate more efficiently or effectively right now in the present. But coaching is more like, okay, what can I do now so that I can operate even better going forward? was a very forward-looking versus counseling or therapy is more looking backward. Um, it's also not consulting, you know, where someone comes in and says, well, let me go, let me, I got to figure out the problems. What's not working? And then let's fix that. So my goal as a coach is not to fix someone, to help, you know, let, yes, let's help us figure out what our obstacles are. How can you enhance your performance or your your beliefs so that you can be who God wants you to be. But I'm not here to, I'm not viewing you as a problem to be fixed. Um, and I'm also not, I'm not a mentor. I'm not that older, more experienced person that's going to say, Hey, this is what's worked for me. You need to do it this way. I'm really helping the person um, discover, uh, you know, what are the answers? What, what do they really want? What's getting in the way? What do they need to do differently? Well, you know, in my very limited understanding of coaching, the thing I love about it, Christy's told me so much, and one of the things that so coincides with my perspective is that I've often said in regard to ministry especially, until people ask the question, they're not ready to hear the answer. And so for me, coaching is about asking questions to get people to ask questions 
and then to open themselves up to the answers that would come from those questions, which they asked. Does that make any sense? Mm, yes. Yes. And, and you think about that is it's so this idea of asking ourselves questions is so scriptural. When you think about how many times in scripture Jesus asked questions, he, our, our culture really prizes answers. But really, the question, the changing your question and asking a bigger or a different, um, more powerful question really leads you to a whole different answer and different behaviors. So, yes, I, I love what you're saying there. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. So, folks, if you're brave enough to stay with us for the next segment, we're going to get into some of these difficult questions. But before we do, I just want to say, Words mean things. And what Wendy's explained to us about what coaching is and what coaching isn't reminds me of being in Afghanistan when my team first went over there. We were Border Mentor Team 2, BMT2, because my role was to be a mentor to one of the Afghan Border Police Battalions. And then halfway through our tour over there, our name was changed to Border Advisor Team 2 because of the difference between being a mentor and being an advisor. So stay with us. In the second segment, we're going to ask maybe some scary questions that hopefully will be eye-opening to all of us. But don't be afraid. Come on back. Don't be afraid. We're courageous Christians. And I've seen so many smiles. And I know when the day is through that I'm coming. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelo. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelo's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281 800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281 800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You are listening to Courageous Christianity and we're beginning a new series that truly is going to ask you to be courageous because the question before all of us is are we coachable? Are we opening ourselves up to Jesus? Are we opening our perspectives up to be changed? Or do we live in the echo chamber of our own ideas? And we do see so much of that around us. One of my uh, last jobs in the Marine Corps, I was advising Marine Corps leadership on areas of safety culture and leadership culture. And I was trying to get uh, higher headquarters to look outside Mm -hmm. of the Marine Corps Mm -hmm. from a perspective of we don't know what we don't know. And I know that sounds weird. We don't know what we don't know. 
But that's where the answers are because you think of an object within a system can't make up rules for the system or a variable within an equation can't solve the equation. We truly have to go outside of ourselves. And if we live in this earthly world, then going outside of ourselves would be to go to God and ask him what he thinks and allow that to inform our situation. Does that make sense to you, Wendy? Oh, it certainly does. Because we, you know, we're human. We have blind spots. We have things, we have sin. We have things in our heart that we just can't see on our own. And we need the Holy Spirit to help reveal it to us. Yeah, absolutely true. I love that you said blind spots and that you correlate them with sin. Because my next question would be, as we ask ourselves, are we coachable? We're told not to conform to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so are you coachable? Can you look outside of your own perspective, your own mental model? We talked so much in boot camp about mental models because our experiences, our upbringing, our parents, our education, our hardships, the things that have hurt us all shape this mental model that we have of the world. And then that mental model determines our responses and reactions to further provocations. And so we kind of keep going in these circles if we don't look outside the circle. So true. And so you had a scripture for us that you said uh, illuminated that a little bit. Mm. Well, I, and I love that idea around a mental model. And some also heard it called a map of the world because it's how we see things. And it starts with what we're telling ourselves in our mind. Like, what are we believing to be true? And Psalm 1914 really deals with the fact that God cares about what we're telling ourselves. Um, and it says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And so, you know, we're very rightfully concerned as believers about what we say to others, like the words of my mouth, but often we aren't very um, reflective on what we are telling ourselves. And those beliefs can sometimes be very limiting. They can be lies. um, They can be fear-based. They can be based on our own pride, but they're not words that they're not we're not thinking of ourselves the way God would be thinking, would want us to think of ourselves. Yeah, oftentimes we're really good know-it-alls, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, well, mm. not only are we know-it-alls, but um, imagine uh, you have a little kid and he does something or other, and then he says, well, I'm such an idiot. Oh. And yeah. how, how much that hurts your heart. When you hear this little, and you you would say, for example, in the story of my stepdaughter breaking the glass bowl, you would say, you're not an idiot. You you made a mistake. You uh, had a little accident. I always imagine that's God when we're putting ourselves down and limiting our thinking. And he's saying it's actually breaking his heart when he hears us. With right. that negative self-talk, and and he does he he he's like, oh wow, I, I created you, child, and you're beautiful in my eyes, and, and here you are, um, saying all these mean and terrible things to yourself and about yourself. Yeah, and and it's not a freebie, folks, because 
you you hear those words in the same way it says to pray out loud because you hear those words and those words become the possibilities and probabilities for your life. So when you speak negatively, you hear those words oh, yeah, and they're in your voice and they come in your ears. And so um, self-limiting beliefs, you mentioned that, Wendy, um, I've seen it before. Somebody, I, I run into them, they say something like, I could never have been a Marine. Well, mm. actually, you could have. But you just told yourself that you couldn't have. And, you know, telling ourselves that lets us off the hook. And so right. that's one part of it where we we think it's a freebie, but it's not. Because not only are we not holding ourselves accountable to a higher bar, but we're at the same time chopping our legs out from under us. So uh, some examples of self-limiting beliefs. What What are some of those, Wendy? Well, and... You know, I do. I love this topic because the brain believes what we tell it the most. So the more we say these beliefs to ourselves, then and their lies. But the more they become our truth, could be I'm not good enough, or I'm too old, or I'm too young, or I'm not smart enough, or I don't have enough experience, I don't have enough money, I'm not talented enough, I'll never be, you know, this or that. Um, and so those, there's, you know, I don't have enough time. I mean, these are all things. And, and there can be, you know, there can be truth in some of these. There may not be enough time or, you know, it's, but it doesn't mean, well, I think what the enemy does is he takes something that has a partial truth and then he twists it and, 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 and we in our mind then twist it to become, um, you know, I lack money here. So therefore that means this and I'll never be able to. And so we create this whole story that's just not based in truth. And that really limits our ability to take action toward what God wants for us. You know, Wendy, what I really heard in there, you use these words, our truth. And so we say all these stories to ourselves, these limiting beliefs, false beliefs that become our truth, which is so uh, vastly different from God's truth. Yeah, uh, well, when you were speaking, so much was coming to me, for example. Well, he was pointing at me first, so I don't know what that was about, but was about that, he knows me well. <laughs> what is that saying you have? If I think I can or I think I can't. Uh, you're I'm, right. You're That's right. That's by Henry Ford. Whether yeah. you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And, you know, I've seen it because here's an example. I'm at Marine Officer Candidate School. We're doing a 25-mile a hike. And after mile 20, I tell myself, I can't go on anymore. You're carrying 100 pounds and, and it's raining and it's gravel and your boots are soaking wet. For the last five miles, I told myself I can't take another step. And I just kept taking another step. And then my nephew, who's a Navy SEAL, he has the exact opposite perspective where he says he only focuses on the next step. And he just has this perspective where he says, for every step I take, that's one less step I got to take. I love that perspective. It it all makes me think oh. about trying to get back in shape or uh, I guess it was getting back in shape and running. And I kept telling myself as I ran, I can do anything for 30 seconds, 30 minutes or 30 days. Right. I like that. Okay. So we have self-limiting yeah. beliefs. And here are some that I've... Uh, I think p people have said to me, well, I can't memorize scripture. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, there's a sentence in the Bible comprised of two words. I bet you you could memorize that one. 
Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus wept. wept. I even Absolutely. know that one. Yeah. And, and how about this one? When people say, isn't it enough to be a good Christian? And you think to yourself, no, you have to be trying to be what Jesus wants you to be. And he has the highest expectations and he thinks the most of you. Or how about this one? You see another family at church and you think, oh, they're so beautiful. They're so nicely dressed. The kids seem so well behaved. Everything seems right with that family. My family's all struggling. Right. And then the truth mm, of the matter and, is. Yeah, the comparison. Yeah. Uh, the you, comparison game. You Down the road, you meet that family and you realize they've got their struggles. Yeah. And so these are self-limiting beliefs and they are a double-edged sword because you disempower yourself and you undermine what Jesus can do with you. And so if we were to apply the question, Wendy, are you coachable to self-limiting beliefs? The answer would be in that moment, no, right? Right. Because if you, if you have beliefs that you are holding to be true and you're not willing to have those challenged, then you really, you're not, you're not coachable. Um, And and I, I think when I've done like a study of Proverbs, you see over and over how God's heart is that we would be teachable. Yeah. You know, and that, um, you know, stop listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge, you know, or you see a, a man wise in his own eyes, there's more hope for a fool than for him. And that's Proverbs twenty six twelve. And, and, and so I know for, for me, I feel like when I hold on to my own beliefs, I stay in sin. I miss what God has for me. And really the greatest blessing for me is is being coachable to Jesus and and surrendering my thoughts to him and saying, Lord, I'm, this is what I'm thinking, but I don't, I I want what, I want to think what you want. Tell me what you think. Tell me what truth is in this situation. Absolutely. I said the other day, I had this epiphany where I thought I'm not interested in the opinions of the world. And then I said, come to think about it. I'm not even interested in my own opinion. I just want to know what Jesus thinks. And so, friends, if you think about this for a minute, take any one of these self-limiting beliefs, any one of the ones you've had uh, heard mentioned, or maybe you have some of your own, where you say, I can't, or I don't, or I'm not as good as, or anything like that, and take it to the Bible. And then your first act of answering the question, are you coachable, would be to say, I'm going to find things in the Bible that tell me what God thinks, and I'm going to believe those things. So if you're in, I believe, Psalm 47, for you're fearfully and wonderfully made, wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it too well. And then you say to yourself, well, how dare I say I'm not good enough when God made me fearfully and wonderfully? I'm not going to allow that. I'm not going to say that anymore. Believe what's in black and white. And Nietzsche said, I think, therefore I am. So it's a big deal because what we think, what we voice becomes what we feel and how we act. Stay with us, friends. We're going to be back in the next segment. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. 
Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we've just begun our Are You Coachable series, asking if we're truly opening ourselves up to the transformative work of Jesus Christ, or if we're stuck in our own thinking, in our own thoughts, in our own words, some of which are distracted or destructive. And I've often said you either move backward into comfort or forward into growth, and so I'm hoping some of this might be uncomfortable. And I'm hoping some of the questions and thoughts you hear might make you feel a little bit, uh, not sure what the word is, but uncomfortable. And I just want to tell you this quick story that I think is so interesting because it tells us how we can be stuck in the world's thinking and worldly thinking without even realizing it. And so if you remember Nicodemus from the Bible, he is an incredible person. Pharisee, a Bible scholar, and he believes in Jesus, and he believes Jesus is the Messiah. And in John chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. No one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And Nicodemus replied to that, How can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb. So think about this for a second. Here's a guy who believes in Jesus. 
He's an intelligent man, and yet he's so stuck in the world's thinking, all he hears when Jesus said that is, well, how can you get back into your mother's womb? What in tarnation? <laughs> and just, there it is. <laughs> I, just, I just hear that like a guy from NASCAR who's saying, hey. And again, I'll say, be careful with that. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm saying it with love and a sense of humor because I'm trying to make fun of the fact that we can get so stuck. Here's this brilliant biblical scholar and that, that, wait. What? That's what you're thinking? We get so stuck. I call it in the, in the muck and mire of our stinking thinking, right? And it's it's just kind of a replayed tape in our head. And we can only see it one way unless we're uh, coachable, which is also in a way we're talking about teachable and also open. And we've talked before about being willing to put on new glasses to see things in a new way. But oftentimes we're... We're scared, and we don't change until it's like we have to change, right? Well, absolutely, and I think Wendy's dog agrees with you completely. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I know. And uh, if, if Ruger was here, he'd, he'd be chiming along. Our dog would agree also. But you really can't fault Nicodemus because he does not know what he does not know. Right. And Jesus is talking about something new. So, friends, what we're saying here is born again, our perspective, our outlook it, it must be reborn of that which is from above and that which is heavenly. And it's hard because we're just these little beings living in the world and we believe what we see. But doesn't it, when we come to that place, um, don't we have to have humility, come to a place of humility to then say, okay, I don't know it all. Well, uh, absolutely, absolutely so. Uh, what Nicodemus could have said in that situation is, Rabbi, tell me more. Yeah. Um, Favorite three words, almost. <laughs> right, instead of saying something foolish. So my only point is we have to see with a new perspective, and yet there can be things that make that difficult. Absolutely. So one of those things I like to call a toleration. Yeah. And Christy taught me this word um, because there would be something around the house that was just bugging me to no end and it would sometimes put me in a mood Mm -hmm. and yet I wouldn't fix it. (laughs) I just tolerated it. And it was this very negative thing. Wendy, uh, do you have experience with that? A toleration or something like it? Oh my goodness. Do I ever? (laughs) Yes. And I think in, in the house we had, neither my husband or I enjoy cleaning our garage and it just becomes this like, just incredibly messy thing that every time you drive in, you just see all this mess and it creates this like, uh, you know, and then I say things like, oh, I'm just like, I'm never going to, I'm never going to get this fixed. What's going to be? And yeah. And then we wait until it's like a hundred degrees out and we finally decide to clean it. But <laughs> I can't take it anymore. So <laughs> true. <laughs> I put up with that and right. I allow it, I allow it to say things to me every time I pull in my garage and it's another word. I think of that as an energy drainer. Yeah. I mean, it just sucks energy out of it until I decide, okay, is this, is this how, do I want to be reminded of this every time I drive in, in, my, in my garage? No, I don't. Something needs to change. Right. And it's so easy to be stuck because yeah. uh, I think that's why, think about how much scripture talks about the renewing of your mind yeah, and, and changing your thinking and changing your heart. And so in asking this question, are you coachable? 
I just, what made me want to do this series is because I know that if I struggle with it, sometimes being a little bit stuck or sometimes having a toleration or sometimes having feelings that I don't want or that I don't like or that aren't productive and you want to move forward and you want to be more like what Jesus wants you to be, but you're having trouble. I think often, though, we may come to that place and feel that heavy burden, but we, you know, Wendy, I'm going to use your um, example of the garage. You know, we finally get to that place where like, okay, done. It's 100 degrees during the summer, and then we say, okay, I've got to get it all done in one weekend or else. And we try to think it has to be done overnight when we could just start with one, as I listeners probably know, like to say one tiny baby step gets it finished as well. So we, we, so we keep living with the tolerations because we don't even want to take that one tiny step. Yeah. So really what we're talking about is being stuck. Yeah. You're, you're stuck. You're stuck in thinking or you're stuck in a behavior and that causes uh, you to have a feeling about yourself. Yep. And if you're not cleaning the garage, then the feeling that you're having about yourself is probably not that you're an awesome ho- homemaker. It's probably something negative like I'm not keeping up or I'm not. I'm the worst uh, person in the world. Absolutely. I mean, it could go that far. Yes. <laughs> so, Wendy, mm-hmm. uh, could you please help us understand a little bit about what it means to be stuck and uh, how sometimes we can come to get there? And then what we do, what's productive to do in that? Yeah. Well, and we can be stuck in it, it's when, because we're not challenging what we're believing about a situation or about ourselves. And so we're just accepting things as truth that actually we do have power to change. Um, and And that could be, clutter in our house or clutter on our calendar or an unhealthy relationship that we're not sending any boundaries in. So there's things that we just accept as a given when actually um, we, there are things we could do. And I think many times in these tolerations, we focus more on what's out of our control versus just doing something that is in our control. So I, Wow, that's a great point. You know, well, I focusing can on, make a change. So. Yeah. But if you focus on the cup being half empty, look at all these different things I'm not doing, then it stops you from picking something small that you could do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, or when you put the focus on someone else, well, they think this or they believe that or they're not doing their part, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's, 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 that may or may not be true, but what can I be doing? I hear that so much because I have said many times on the show, I don't want to have a conversation unless it's going to change what you do tomorrow when you wake up. And by that, I mean, I really don't want to just waste words, rehash the same ground, talk about how I'm annoyed with this and annoyed with this. I really want to generate movement. In the Marine Corps, we would say generate downrange travel. And I really oh. want to generate, and you know what? You you don't suddenly start a car and instantly go to 20 miles an hour. First, you're at one mile an hour, and then you're at two miles an hour, and then gradually you build momentum. And so what I'm hearing you say with going from being stuck to being in motion is you do a couple little things to get you moving. You pick some of the low-hanging fruits, some of these low-hanging tolerations, 
And then once you get some momentum, then maybe you tackle something bigger. So oftentimes I think about, you know, it takes a crisis for us to get moving. And so the idea of starting now is what I'm hearing there. But, you know, I'm wondering, okay, so Wendy, um, we, we come to this place where like, okay, I'm done of tolerating this clutter or whatever it is. Uh, I'm going to take that tiny baby step. How does coaching come into play there, not only from a coaching perspective, but also how can we be coached through Christ to to be all that yeah. he's called us to be? Great question. Well, that yeah, that is such a great question because that coaching is is that letting someone else into your situation to ask you questions that you might not be asking yourself. Um, because mm. often we're not very good at asking questions of ourselves that'll generate change. And so when we invite a coach into our, our situation, they're going to ask things from a, they're seeing things from a different perspective and they're going to ask with curiosity, what, you know, what's another way to look at that? What's one thing you could do? What's the cost of not taking action? Because mm. there is a cost of not doing any, of staying stuck. There's a cost. We just aren't looking at that. Right. Um, and, and so having that, and, and I think that, you know, obviously Jesus is the, the best coach. And, and so when we go before and, and sit with the Lord and say, Lord, what, what do you want me to be doing? What's one step? What's the, and I always say to myself or to my clients, I'm like, God gives us enough light for the next step. He's not going to reveal the whole big picture. But if you truly want to get walk with him and get unstuck and you say, Lord, would you give me enough light for the next step? And one thing I can do, that baby step, he will show you. I love that. Friends, stay with us. I've got a great scripture coming up for you. We'll be back in the final segment. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and I think it's courageous to 
talk to a guest who's calling in from North Carolina and then speak like uh, you're at NASCAR. <laughs> I think that's pretty courageous. <laughs> I would say. And I appreciate you letting me get away with it. Friends, we're talking with Wendy Geikema, a leadership executive coach, and um, she's been a wonderful guest before on our Struggle Series. And we're talking with her today in the beginning of the series we will cover in June, asking the question, are you coachable? And at the break, three scriptures came to mind. I'd like to share them with you. Number one, Jesus said, it is for freedom that you have been set free. So if you're not free, what's holding you back? The second Scripture says, there is no condemnation for those who believe in Christ. So, what are you afraid of? And finally, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 says, I fear lest somehow your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Friends, it's so much simpler than we make it. We have to be in a place like my stepdaughter. We're surrounded by a mess. We have situations we don't like. And all we know is we want change. Don't not have that change because you're afraid to raise your hands and say, Lord Jesus, lift me up out of my thinking. Lift me up out of these feelings. Help me to take a small step. Does that make sense to everybody? It makes a lot of sense. And as you uh, just imagine somebody raising their hands... Um, really, as your stepdaughter did, you know, that puts us a bit in a vulnerable place. And But that's where we have to get letting go of our pride and ego, repenting of our sin to come to that. And I don't know that I'll ever be able to explain the feeling of absolute surrender to his will and to tie it back to the first um, scripture you shared it is the most freeing place. Amen. So. It is. And I think that idea, really, what we, what this all requires is humility. Yeah. Because we have to say, I don't know everything. My Maybe there's another way of thinking about it. Lord, would you teach me and show me? Amen. Well, I think that's a very fair way to go because... I think we look around this country and we see people who are in the echo chamber of their ideas. And at the same time, we look around and we see things aren't that great. <laughs> so if your thinking is so great, why aren't things better? Right. And I think we can do the same in our own lives where we say, hey, if I've got this thing that uh, stresses me out and if I wake up thinking these thoughts and if I have these negative feelings, then... I need change. Right. I, I don't want to think like that. I don't want to feel like that. Uh, and so I'm going to ask uh, the question, I want something different. I want something outside myself. Yeah. And is that not Jesus? Yeah, absolutely. That's the first place to go. So, uh, yeah. Wendy, as we're wrapping up, what are your thoughts about Jesus as the coach who can lift us up out of any situation if we open ourselves to him? Well, I absolutely, I have seen that in my own life. I've seen that in others. And, you know, certainly as we're ha talking about hiring, you know, working with coaches, 
that is an excellent way to achieve personal growth and to become who God wants you to be. But ultimately, boy, Jesus is the only coach. Um, And what you see is when you surrender everything to him, surrender your heart, surrender your thoughts, surrender your words, your behavior, he um, does truly, as it says, more than we can ask or imagine. I I think so. I'd like to ask this question of our listeners. Friends, as you hear this, are any of you thinking about things that you're not happy with in your life? Yeah. Is there any indication in your life, whether it's a troubled relationship or whether it's negative uh, feelings or maybe it's uh, a a difficult financial place? Uh, Maybe you're spending too much. Maybe you're shopping too much. Uh, Any one of these different things can be a symptom of basically a problem where you want change. What are you tolerating? What What's draining your energy? What's draining your energy? And so in the boot camp series, we talked a lot about the difference between a transactional life and a transformed life. Mm-hmm. And what we said was, in a transactional life, the devil's very happy. He's happy to keep you in a feeling of just barely coping. He's happy to have you believe that this is good enough and it's all you deserve and it's all you're worth. And if the devil can keep you there, then you won't be able to accomplish the amazing things that Jesus has for you in a transformed life. And so Jesus wants you to be transformed. So in many ways, we're losing out, right? Because we're not living as Jesus calls us to be. Well, absolutely. Um, He wants us to live beyond ourselves, and we can't get there if we're living beneath ourselves. Amen. So, Wendy, any final thoughts? Well, I love this quote from Andy Stanley, pastor at North Point um, in Atlanta. If you want to go further, faster, hire a coach or work with a coach. And so I think whether or not somebody, you know, actually hires a coach is not as important as the idea of letting other people into your life who are going to ask you questions and challenge your beliefs. Um, And then ultimately surrendering your thoughts to to, the, to Jesus to ask, where, where am I thinking wrongly here? Where do I need to think differently? Amen. There is Amen. no condemnation in Christ, friends. There's no fear. He knows it all. Wendy, quick question for you. If somebody in our listening audience wanted to reach you, how would they do that? Well, they can reach out to me on my website, which is www.coachwendy, and that's C-O-A-C-H-W-E-N-D-E.com. Excellent. Friends, uh, we're at our moment of truth. As you know, in every show we have a moment of truth where we look at scriptures which inform our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge. It's always relevant, and it never fails, and we've considered a lot of scripture today, and if we take all of our beliefs and opinions to scripture, we can certainly find our way to truth. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 13 through 16 Say this, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, 
But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Friends, what I hope you hear in there is that sometimes we may find ourselves feeling barefoot and surrounded by glass. Maybe we feel scared. Maybe we feel trapped. And maybe we just don't like where we are, but we don't know how to change. Maybe we even think we can hide our mistakes. And so we pile layer upon layer. Whatever the case, nothing is hidden from God's sight. He knows all. And Jesus has walked this earth, so he understands how difficult it is. What does that mean to us? It means that if we're willing to lift up our arms and to let go of our pretenses and admit our fears, our failures, and our foolishness, Jesus, the perfect coach, will help us to lift ourselves up out of whatever mess we have made or find ourselves in. He won't do it for us, because then we wouldn't learn or come to a place where we want change. But he will lead us, and empower us, and encourage us. The question is, are we coachable? Christy often says, what do you want more? Yeah. And all of this just leads us to the understanding that we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence, simply holding up our arms as children do in the certain knowledge that our Father in heaven will lift us up and care for us. It says that in this way, we will receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So we can become the people that God intends us to be. Our first step is to be coachable in truth, in humility, and in repentance. And that's courageous Christianity. So, Wendy, I just want to thank you so much for being with us again on the show and kicking off this series. Oh, my pleasure. I really enjoy the conversations. It's always a pleasure to connect with you, too. Thank you, friends. I'll remind you, Wendy said some beautiful words. She said that coaching is partnering. She said we can ask the question in coaching, what's next? And that's an exciting question because yes. you don't have to be where you are. You can focus on what's next. Amen. And you can have the life that you want. But we do have some blind spots. And sometimes we're not challenging our beliefs. And so we have to get outside ourselves in order to get out of the clutter. And Christy, what do you think of that? I'm just thinking sometimes we say all there is left to do is pray. <laughs> well, that should be the first thing we Absolutely. do. And so when we hear coaching, go to Jesus first as the ultimate coach. Pray and don't forget to ask this question. If I don't change mm, anything, huge, huge. what will happen? There's a cost. So friends, we hope you join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word, in Houston, Texas, at kkht.com, on your favorite podcast app, or on courageouschristianity.today, where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi. Yeah. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.